At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. The senior senator from Arizona should resign. If her goal is to challenge Tulsi Gabbard for the role of Tulsi Gabbard, get moving. In the event of a resignation, the governor of Arizona is obligated to appoint somebody from the party of the ex-senator in question. So get moving. Get out. Get a real Democrat on the job. Get a real senator on the job. Get a real American on the job. And get that show on Fox News Channel you want or Newsmax or Fascism Today. Kirsten Cinema still lists herself as a Democrat. I do not know why. Kirsten Cinema still claims to represent Arizona. Again, I do not know why. Kirsten Cinema still insists she is dedicated to bipartisan solutions. Again, I do not know why she might as well be a Republican now. Kirsten Cinema still maintains she is a member of and advocate for the LGBTQ community. Again, I do not know why she is standing aside as Republicans move to erase LGBTQ rights, her own rights. Kirsten Cinema still maintains she respects and protects the Senate. And again, I do not know why she is siding with those who would dismantle democracy. The senator has not conducted a town hall in Arizona since being elected to the Senate, but now she has managed to find the time to speak at what amounts to a campaign event for the upcoming midterms, a campaign event for Mitch McConnell and the Republicans and against the Democratic Party, at which she predicted the Democrats will lose the House, at which she trashed the party that got her elected. And she did this at the McConnell Center at the University of Louisville, named for the most conniving and destructive Republican in history who is not named Donald Trump. 
Despite our apparent differences, Senator Sinema said, Senator McConnell and I have forged a friendship, one that is rooted in our commonalities, including our respect for the Senate as an institution. Kirsten, you know God damned well that six years ago it was McConnell who made up out of thin air with utter disrespect both for the Senate and the concept of democracy, a rule that somehow permitted him to filibuster against even holding a hearing for a potential Supreme Court justice nominated by a Democratic president. And he followed up this extra-legal, extra-constitutional perfidy by quite literally stealing that Supreme Court seat for his own political party and his political party's only goal, only aspiration, only policy, only purpose, power. It was an utter, shameless, fatal assassination of the Senate, of bipartisanship, of everything the country is meant to be, and everything you give lip service to, and its replacement by brute political force. And Kirsten, you went to Louisville and kissed this disgusting scumbag McConnell's ass. And in validating him, you have become an accessory after the fact to the elimination of Roe v. Wade. So not only am I committed to the 60-vote threshold, I have an incredibly unpopular view. I actually think we should restore the 60-vote threshold for the areas in which it has been eliminated already. We should restore it. Yeah, not everyone likes that. Um, The 60-vote threshold to confirm a nominee to the Supreme Court, Kirsten, was eliminated by Mitch McConnell in 2017. McConnell has carefully and with excellent precision eliminated all those instances in which a 60-vote threshold would thwart the political aims of the party representing the minority in this country, the Republicans, while preserving the 60-vote threshold for use when it would thwart the party representing the majority in this country, the Democrats. And he has done so with your help with your blind, arrogant, condescending collaboration with an enemy of this democracy. Moreover, Mitch McConnell has repeatedly vetoed the actions of the Democratic House, and you have the nerve to applaud him. When Republicans are in control, they pass a little bit of crazy legislation. And when the Democrats are in control, they pass a little bit of crazy legislation. And the job of the Senate is to cool that passion. Oh, everybody in Washington is just so crazy. During your time in the Senate, the Senate has confirmed three Supreme Court justices who lied about overturning Roe v. Wade to the Senate and then overturned Roe v. Wade. During your time in the Senate, one of its senior members has introduced legislation to limit abortions nationally and others have pronounced their willingness to legislate against same-sex marriage and even interracial marriage. During your time in the Senate, it has twice acquitted the most treacherous and anti-democratic leader in the history of democracy in impeachment votes. During your time in the Senate, many of its members sided with an attempt to overturn the presidential election by subterfuge or violence or both. During your time in the Senate, an actual palace coup was attempted against the United States of America for the first time in its history. But go on, Kirsten, tell me more about how the Democrats pass a little bit of crazy legislation, but you and the Senate are there to cool that passion. So why in recent years does it seem like partisanship has gotten worse and worse? In Washington, our politics have become increasingly radicalized, spiraling steadily downward into bitter and tribal extremism. Cable news pundits, outside groups, and some political leaders on both sides of the aisle have let the loudest and most extreme voices in each party dominate the discourse and set the agenda because it stokes anger and it gets tweets, views, clicks. But it doesn't solve problems. The nerve, the gall. Who radicalized our politics, Kirsten? Who led the spiral into tribal extremism and an attempt to sack the U.S. Capitol and hang the vice president, the president of the Senate that you're a member of? 
The Democrats you referred to as they, did they do that? Are you going to try to both sides January 6th? Really? The danger of eliminating the 60 vote threshold is that the Senate becomes the House. And I remind everyone, I I left the House and ran for the Senate for a reason. (laughs) That reason, Kirsten, as we both know, was personal ambition. 20 years ago, you wrote a letter published by the Arizona Republic. Quote, until the average American realizes that capitalism damages her livelihood while augmenting the livelihoods of the wealthy, the almighty dollar will continue to rule. But last month, as your price for voting for the Inflation Reduction Act, you personally protected a tax loophole that means millions for private equity executives, law firm partners, and hedge fund managers, or as you might call them, ordinary everyday Americans. The best thing you can do for your child is to not give them everything they want, right? And that's important to the United States Senate as well. We shouldn't get everything we want in the moment. Kirsten, what the hell does that mean? This is the opportune moment for me to explain what the hell I mean, why I have been addressing a senior senator from Arizona, not by her title, but by her first name. I believe I was the first broadcaster to put Kirsten Cinema on national television when she was in local politics in Arizona, and from that grew a friendship that lasted for nearly eight years. We even dated briefly, not while she was a guest on my shows, but long enough that twice I took her to the Broadway show Book of Mormon, and as a real-life ex-Mormon, she was delighted to go backstage and meet the cast and compliment one of the producers on the exactitude of the recreation of Mormon Sunday School stories, and we stood in front of the theater late into the night talking politics with many of the actors and stage staff, and in that crowd, me and a bunch of Broadway performers whose livelihoods consisted of savaging a religion every night, in that crowd, Kirsten Cinema was hands down the most liberal, the most progressive, the most to hell with them of all of us, and the most intelligent. Not even close. And in that crowd, she proudly proclaimed to us not only what she had publicly revealed previously about her personal life, but also that she was utterly opposed to monogamous relationships and thus, as she termed it, breeding like members of her family had. So you will excuse me if in this sea of her disingenuous, condescending, phony piety, that remark that jumps out at me as the most disingenuously condescending and the most phonily pious is telling anybody what is the best thing they can do for their child. I am going to say something now, and I do not expect it will be widely believed. There is no personal animus here. She and I did not stop dating because of some discord. We continued to go to events together as late as a year after the last date. Kirsten Cinema and I texted for six years after our last date. Half of the texts were about politics and who was going to stop Trump. Half were her trying to set me up with women she had dated or her asking if my latest girlfriend was hot. We were close enough that in 2010 it had been Kirsten Cinema who asked me to make late donations in literally the closing days of the campaigns of Gabby Giffords and Raul Grijalva and Jack Conway after my coverage of them for MSNBC had ended because each of them had been swamped with death threats and they had had to spend double their planned budgets on security. And those donations led to NBC's unsuccessful attempt to suspend me, even though my contract gave me the right to make the donation. Ultimately, it led to my decision to leave MSNBC in January 2011. When I took Countdown to Current TV, Kirsten remained enough of a friend that she went with me as a regular guest. When in private moments she speculated about running for president someday, I encouraged her. Her perspective, her resume, her ardor for change and for justice seemed to offer hope in a century from which it has rapidly drained. There really is no personal animus here. Maybe deep, confused disappointment. For years, I would not violate my own vow of privacy about private lives, mine or hers. 
She asked me to be her date at a Young Progressives event in Washington in 2010, and a day after I said yes, I walked her through the ethical problems with it and the publicity possibilities, so we skipped it. I didn't even publicly acknowledge that we were friends until 2017 or 2018. That's when I felt my comments required some admission of a personal relationship. And as Kirsten Sinema's performance in the Senate, her performance as a Democrat, her performance as an American has gotten more and more nightmarish. I have felt that more and more information needed to be revealed, and I have done so now, even if it meant some tweaking on social media as a result. And there are other things to say about my friendship and my relationship with Kirsten Cinema. Try as I might, and I have tried for months, and I have tried for years. I have not convinced myself that it is right to say any of them. I just know that the Kirsten Cinema Act, life as the most liberal of liberals, a self-proclaimed Prada socialist, the trip from the Green Party to the Blue Dog Democrats, is only that, an act. It is two or three years now since I got tired of the act, of her condescension, piety, and her performance art, that I got tired of her fraudulence and her hypocrisy, that I got tired of her fealty to the moneyed interests, that I got tired of her betrayal of the voiceless people she once spoke for but has now insulted, that I got tired of the fact that from genuine liberality in the finest sense of the word and personal intelligence that earned the description of brilliance, she has deteriorated into just another politician available for sale to the highest bidder and, worst of all, someone who has irretrievably signed away her principles in order to join the vast media political complex, the industry that is government, in which there is only process, not policy, and never people. I wrote it on Twitter yesterday, and I repeat it here. This is the perfect solution, sadly, for the nightmare that is Kirsten Cinema in the U.S. Senate, best friend of Mitch frickin' McConnell. She should resign as the senior senator from Arizona and take over as the host of Meet the Press. Still ahead on Countdown, you do not want to be Mark Meadows right now, nor Liz Truss, about whom they are asking, which British prime minister had the shortest tenure, not counting her? Judge not, lest she be judged. The Home Run Watch continues. To paraphrase the serious TV commercial for Brett Favre's radio show, it's burst Brett's bubble time. They have shelved his program because of that scandal. And in worse persons, how could you become a U.S. senator and not know the correct answer to the following question? What is the most common way one refers to the day that terrorists attacked the Pentagon and the World Trade Center? A sitting United States senator has gotten it wrong. That's next. This is Countdown. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann. Still ahead on Countdown. Yes, in 2009, MSNBC almost went off the air. They almost replaced all of us with reruns of Lockup. For why? Because the chairman of the world's six largest corporations said so. That's why. Things I promise not to tell coming up. First, in each edition of Countdown, we feature a dog in need whom you can help every dog has its day. Paw Tea Cake Refuge saves dogs from the streets of the Bahamas and often brings them here to the States. Used as a breeding dog, Edda was gradually starved and then dumped and left to die. She has been discovered in the bushes down to 23 pounds. That's not more than a third of what she should weigh. Remarkably, she is still alive and fighting and has the light of survival in her eyes. The refuge could use your help to feed her and overcome her infections and anemia. They have started a fundraiser on Giving Grid. So you can go there, search Edda, E-D-D-A, or just go to my account for Dogs in Need, Tom Jumbo Grumbo on Twitter, and look for my tweet about Edda. And thank you very much for doing so. Coming up, Aaron Judge Watch continues, which should tell you what happened last night in the Yankee game, and the senator who doesn't know it was called 9-11. First postscripts to the news, some headlines, some commentary, some snark. Dateline Washington, former January 6th committee advisor Denver Riggleman says the texts of former Trump chief of staff Mark Meadows and the texts to Meadows are the crown jewels of the investigation, that Meadows received texts from 39 different House members and from five U.S. senators between November 2020 and the inauguration of President Biden. CNN reports Meadows also got one text at least from Phil Waldron, one of the voter fraud conspiracy nuts. And NBC News says Oathkeeper and Oathkeeper attorney Kelly Sorrell texted White House legacy hire Andrew Giuliani and also tried to text the White House itself, but sent that text to the White House switchboard. Uh Uh-huh. Another super genius. Dateline London, the new fiscal policies of the new UK Prime Minister Liz Truss are not exactly going over well. With the pound crashing and such, a new YouGov poll for the Times of London shows the opposition Labour Party with a 17-point lead over the ruling Conservatives. That's the biggest margin in the poll's history. If you are wondering, the shortest tenure ever for a British Prime Minister was of George Canning, 119 days on the job in 1827 with a pretty good explanation. He died. Prime Minister Truss has been in office for 23 days. Ten of those were essentially days off because of mourning for Queen Elizabeth. And Dateline McKinney, Texas. In an affidavit filed late yesterday, a process server informs the court that he went to the home of Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton to give him a subpoena for a federal court hearing today in a lawsuit by nonprofit groups who want the state of Texas to pay for out-of-state abortions. In the filing, server Ernesto Martin Herrera reports that as he got to Paxton's home, the attorney general fled in a truck with his wife at the wheel. Everything is bigger in Texas, especially the cowards.
This is Sports Center. Wait, check that. Not anymore. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann. In sports, two on, two out, top of the 10th. Aaron Judge due up, still at 60 home runs for the season. Rookie Toronto manager John Schneider still trying to lock in a wild card berth for his team. Orders Judge intentionally walked, and the home crowd at Toronto's Rogers Center booed. The next batter grounded out, and then the Blue Jays won it in the bottom of the 10th, 3-2, to two, and Judge is still at 60 home runs. He has nine games to get 61 or 62 or more. If you are wondering when he hit 61 homers in 1961 roger maris of the yankees was walked intentionally well he wasn't not once all year largely because roughly 600 times that year the man batting behind him was mickey mantle and i told you that brett Favre has not yet been charged but it may only be a matter of time in a scandal that saw him allegedly siphon off state welfare money to build a volleyball stadium for his daughter at the University of Southern Mississippi. Now Sirius XM Radio, which not only has a weekly show starring Brett Favre, but features him in its TV commercials, has put his participation in that show, quote, on hold. Translation, he's been suspended indefinitely. Still ahead, the message was direct. The chairman of GE was ready to take MSNBC off the air and fire everybody because his mommy told him to. It actually happened, and I'll tell you about it in things I promise not to tell. First, the daily roundup of the miscreants, morons, and Dunning-Kruger effect specimens who constitute today's worst persons in the world. Mm. The bronze, I missed one Sunday. Chuck Todd, still host of Meet the Press. Is he? Is he still the host of... Can we check? Well, it's been five minutes since we checked. Chuck still is... Okay. Chuck Todd, still the host of Meet the Press, permitted Representative Nancy Mace of South Carolina to talk about how the Republicans will take the House and how they will then impeach President Biden. Oddly enough, a couple of viewers noticed that Chuck Todd never asked a follow-up question, like, uh, just picking one out at random. For what? Impeach him for What? You might very well think that the Republicans who are willing to appear on Meet the Both Sides press get a deal that says, no follow-up questions. You might very well think that. I could not possibly comment. Silver, Kevin Roberts, president of the Fascist Heritage Foundation, doing a victory dance after the Italian election results, quoting his tweet, conservatives will come to power in Italy just weeks after conservatives in Sweden won. This can be a trend. Conservatives everywhere need to define the choice as what it is, us versus them, everyday people versus globalist elites who've shown they hate us, unquote. Firstly, Mr. Roberts, if you're going to say, quote, globalist elites, just drop the euphemism. Say Jews. What's the point of being an anti-Semite if you use euphemisms? But secondly, Kevin Roberts has a bachelor's in history from the University of Louisiana at Lafayette, got a master's in history from Virginia Tech, and a history PhD from the University of Texas, and he was a college president. So if the fascists divide the world into two groups and round up all the elites, but let the ordinary people go, Mr. Roberts, I have bad breaking news for you. You're not getting let go. But our winner, Senator Roger Marshall of Kansas. He is a doctor and George Carlin's line about the fact that mathematically it's a proven fact that somebody somewhere in the world has to be the world's worst doctor. This is an actual doctor we're talking about. He went to Kansas State, then the University of Kansas Med School. So this is Senator Dr. or Dr. Senator Roger Marshall on Fox Business News flashing back to that day many of us recall vaguely of the Al-Qaeda suicide attacks, which, as I remember it, that was called 9-11? 
You know, I know you're familiar with 911. It was in your backyard, but on 911, we lost 3,000 Americans. And certainly we hold that day in reverence. But now in America, we're losing 3,000 Americans about every two or three weeks. And what we did in response to 911 is declare war on terrorism. And that's what we want to do with the cartel. 911, Sparky? This nitwit not only thinks you go digit by digit on all dates, especially that one, but he's also apparently never heard anybody else say it aloud. Never heard anybody say 9-11. Never heard it anywhere here in America. Well, all right, let's be fair. Maybe he was just having a bad interview. Maybe he was distracted by being on the network that stars Maria Bartiromo's sibilant S. No, not really. Here's Mr. Senator Dr. Marshall moments later on Newsmax. I want to take your listeners back to 911 when 3,000 Americans died and we declared war on those terrorists. 911. I mean, even for a Republican from Kansas, this is idiotic. Also, if it's 911, shouldn't the number of dead be 3000? I mean, they let this man deliver babies. Okay, ma'am. The Biabi is ready to be birthed. Open your mouth wide. Mr. Senator Dr. Roger never remember 911. No, no wait, it was never never forget. Never remember never never something. 911 here in America. Marshall, today's worst person in the world. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The number one story on the countdown on my favorite topic, me, and this is not the anniversary of this event, but I was reminded of it over the weekend, so here goes. 
Often it happens in television that there are events so traumatic that the cliche about your life flashing before your eyes does not apply, but an equally hackneyed one about your career flashing before your eyes might. The executive producer of our MSNBC newscast Countdown, Izzy Povich, and I were on the grown-up elevator to the office of NBC President Jeff Zucker on the 52nd floor of 30 Rock in New York, summoned there by some garbled message from MSNBC President Phil Griffin about MSNBC being taken off the air. I was mumbling to Izzy sundry imprecations and reminiscences, Eight freaking months is. We spent 12 freaking months forcing them to create Maddow's show. It lasts eight months. All the crap, prompter practice, getting her over her fears, rockets past CNN, only eight months of show, and now it's all gone. Izzy reminded me it was not just Rachel's show that was threatened, which was why poor Court Harson from Hardball was already upstairs, along with poor Ed Schultz and Phil Griffin, and Rachel's executive producer Bill Wolf, and some clown from Morning Joe, and a couple of other MSNBC executives, and us. I know, I know. I did the line from the drunken Irishman from Hitchcock's The Birds, complete with the bad accent. It's the end of the world. I said Jeff Immelt is going to take MSNBC off the air. I didn't need any of my overwrought visions from two years earlier of the future of liberal news commentary falling out the NBC window to its death on the rink. This was the real thing. The chairman of General Electric was threatening to open the window himself, throw us out the window himself, and then race down to the pavement to stomp on our dying remains himself. Poor Ed Schultz heard Jeff Zucker say those words, and he had screwed up his face and tilted his head like a puppy hearing a car crash. He had not believed it the first time. He had not believed it the second time. Zucker said it a third time. Immelt is going to take MSNBC off the effing air. Ed Schultz groaned. After weeks of Griffin's coaxing, he had finally just moved from Nebraska to New York the preceding weekend. Yet he was still somehow only the second most strung-out person in the room. You! Zucker shouted at me. You're the smartest one in the room! What the F do we do now? I'll confess I was shaken by this because it appeared for once that Zucker was not being sarcastic. I had never before seen him flush nor flustered. This was a guy who wore fleece in July. Yet now he was beet red and sweating. Sometimes he knew what he was doing, and as his opposition to hiring Maddow had proved, sometimes he didn't know what he was doing. But he always acted as the most confident man in the galaxy. But now he literally had no clue what to do next, and he not only could not ignore my advice, he desperately needed it. This situation and that color on his face were almost worth watching the corporate fascists nuke my network. I asked Zucker to explain what happened. You goddamn well know what happened. Zucker moved towards me, and I stood up, and I told him I would see myself out. He stopped, remembering that he did indeed actually need my help. I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize. This isn't rational. This is, this is Immelt. Last week sometime, Bill O'Reilly snapped. He told Murdoch he wasn't going to take any more of what you were saying about him on the air, so he did a piece last night accusing GE of manufacturing the components that have been used in roadside bombs that were built in Iran to kill Americans in Iraq, which is, which is true. Legally, that's legally true. They found roadside bombs that had like 30-year-old GE transistors or, or TV tubes from 1954 or something in them. Legally, GE did manufacture components that were used in roadside bombs that were built in Iran to kill Americans in Iraq. So O'Reilly puts this on his effing show as a lead story. And then Fox sent two camera crews and this little crap producer from O'Reilly's show, Jesse Waters something, to stake Immelt out and chase him around the GE shareholders meeting in Charlotte. Zucker finally came up for air and I jumped in. Why didn't Immelt have six camera crews to stake out the two Fox crews and chase them around in Charlotte? I mean, isn't that one of our news hubs, Charlotte? Doesn't Immelt own like 20 camera crews there? He bring a camera crew, you bring two camera crews? Zucker started to not like me again. Now you suggest that. Where were you when... All right, never mind. It doesn't matter. Immelt says if there's one more story on Bill O'Reilly about GE manufacturing components for roadside bombs in Iraq, he's taking MSNBC off the air immediately. 
it'll just be 24 hours of lockup, and I'm fired, and you're fired. And then he pointed at Chris Matthews, producer, and Matthews is fired, and he pointed at poor Ed Schultz, and you're fired. And Ed whimpered, so smartass, what the F do we do? I feigned all the nonchalance I could feign if I could have lit a cheroot by striking a match on the sole of my boot, I would have. It's manageable. But Jeff, why is Immelt so worked up about what O'Reilly said about him? Only O'Reilly's nut job viewers actually believe any of that crap. Nobody at GE, nobody investing in GE could possibly believe we're building components for roadside bombs. Zucker inhaled deeply. Immelt's mother believes it. All the heads in the room turn toward the president of NBC. Mrs. Immelt, back in Cincinnati, is a devoted Bill O'Reilly viewer. Watches him every night. Sees this. Calls him. Says, Sonny, why are you manufacturing components that were used in roadside bombs built in Iran to kill Americans in Iraq? I had not expected that. I said to Zucker, so, so he'll really burn, what, $200 million a year in profits? just between Rachel and me because his mom watches Bill O'Reilly? Zucker got angry again. You bet your effing ass he will. Now, you said it was manageable. How? How the heck do we manage it, Alberman? Just a minute. How old is she? Zucker summoned all his annoyance. How old is who? Immelt's mother. How old is she, Jeff? Zucker was really annoyed. How the F should I know? You're missing the point. I had him really worked up, nearly to the boiling point. It was great. Guess. Zucker spluttered. I don't know. He's in his mid-fifties. She's got to be 80, 90-something. I stifled a fake yawn. Yeah, you're right. Probably closer to 90 now that I think of it. So the problem is, she watches O'Reilly. She tells him what's on Fox, what O'Reilly's saying about GE, well, I think you have a simple solution. I'd say the first thing you do is you send over a couple of big guys to her house and you pull the freaking cable out of the wall. Zucker actually gasped. My producer, Izzy Povich, unsuccessfully stifled a laugh and I saw Rachel crack a smile. Zucker regained himself. This isn't funny, Olberman. I crossed my legs. Oh, it's a little funny. And anyway, it's not essential. If the problem is Immelt is threatening to take the network off the air because O'Reilly is avenging himself against me by attacking him and attacking GE, the short-term solution is easy, and in fact, it is manageable. The long-term solution, that's not easy, and that's not manageable, but the short-term one, that's simple. Rest of this week, next week, maybe the week after that even, we just don't mention Fox News on MSNBC. Something resembling a smile crossed Zucker's face. It made him look a little less like a lizard person and more like a monkey with glasses. You do that? Forever? No. Not forever I would not do that, I said. To buy us time? Yes. But remember, who was it who was in my office last winter telling me that I should go on the air and, and just to F with Fox... I should ask why Rupert Murdoch was still running a huge international media company like News Corp, despite all the reports that he's suffering from dementia, even though there haven't been any reports that he's suffering from dementia. For everybody's sake here, who was that again who told me to do that? Zucker's goodwill was gone again. Obviously, that was me. What's your point? My point is... We built this new brand of ours organically on a couple of themes, a couple of statements of principle, and one of them is, to use your words, just to F with Fox. If we don't F with Fox for a couple of weeks at the start of the summer, who's going to care? Who's going to notice? But like after two weeks, three weeks, our viewers are going to notice, and the TV writers are going to notice, and then the crap will hit from every direction you can think of temporary freeze on mentioning Fox and mentioning O'Reilly and mentioning Murdoch? Fine. Permanent freeze? Might as well let Immelt turn us off in the morning after all. I don't think Zucker actually heard the last part about Immelt turning us off after all. The lack of color was returning to his face. Okay, breathe. He kept saying to himself, breathe, breathe. Okay, breathe. He looked at me and nodded. He pointed at Izzy and at Phil Griffin and me. You and you and you and I. We will talk tomorrow, maybe tonight, 
and we'll all meet again next week. Until then, nothing about Fox, anybody. Are we clear? Nothing on the air about Fox. Silence in the room. Then the assorted noises of people rising mixed with attempts to resuscitate poor Ed Schultz. Somebody, Matthew's guy Harson, I think, was almost at the door out of Zucker's office, an office so big that it was to steal the Ring Lardner line, the size of the Yale Bowl, but with lamps. And then a voice spoke up quietly but firmly. Excuse me. It was Rachel Maddow. Excuse me. I will not have the content of my show dictated by any corporations, including the one I work for. Remember, this is June 2009. She still felt that way then. And especially one I don't work for. I will walk out first. I cannot have the audience wondering what else I have not told them. I don't do a lot about Fox on my show, but if there is a story about Fox, I will not honor this freeze. I will report that story. And if I'm prevented from reporting that story, I will leave. Whereupon she left. Zucker barked. Phil, Alberman, Izzy, stay. When the rest of the room had cleared, Zucker blew air out of his mouth as if it were smoke. He gestured violently at me with his right arm. I told you she was a mistake. You didn't listen to me. I told you. Now she's your problem. All of this is your problem. Get her back on the reservation or else. Now I had run out of goodwill and jokes. Oh, I'll, I'll get her back on the reservation, Jeff, but if you think this is my problem, just think about what happens if he really does take us off the air, or if it just gets out that he threatened to take us off the air because his mother didn't like what Fox said about him. That's my problem? Uh-uh. That's your problem, and it's the problem of the CEO of the frickin' sixth largest corporation in the world who makes his business decisions involving hundreds of millions of dollars of profits based on what his mother says. At this point, Phil Griffin managed to pull Zucker away, and Izzy and I made for the door, saying nothing until we were in the elevator. Finally, she asked... What are you going to do about Rachel? I looked straight ahead. I have depth perception issues while traveling forward, backwards, up or down. Yeah, if I know what I'm going to do about her. But I got an idea. I mean, the only person she was really talking to in there was herself. This isn't a brand new surprise success for her anymore. This is successful. This is what, nine, ten months? She's successful. She said she was once a dancing cell phone outside a cell phone store outside of Boston. She ain't going back to that. I went to talk to Rachel about an hour later and reassured her. I mentioned that powerful as Fox was, they were not going to be able to reinvade Iraq by themselves. And unless she moved it way closer than it had been, nobody would cross her censorship line. And I said, just give me as much time as the French government took before fleeing during the Nazi advance in 1940. I said, give me, what was it, 33 days? Give me 33 days. If we aren't back where we were this morning, we can both quit on the air. I mean, that'd be fun, right? Three nights later, well after midnight on a Friday, my NBC-issued BlackBerry buzzed with a quick email from Rachel Maddow. Hey, she wrote, don't necessarily quote me because I'm really drunk, but just make the best deal you can for us. I trust you. We don't need to do Fox all the time. I never do Fox stories anyway. I just had to say that, and this is the best platform we will ever have. Well, she was right, at least for the time being. A couple of weeks later, I had to sneak in a script that blasted Fox, and at 10.30 at home that night, I got a call from a drunken Phil Griffin shouting into the phone, I have a family! Zucker had to go meet with Roger Ailes secretly inside 30 Rock, and I hope they remembered to clean the room afterwards, and Immelt even had to meet with Murdoch. And then happily, some idiot GE executive decided to boast to the New York Times about getting us little talent children under control and a big deal with the executives over at Fox and how they'd settled everything, which blew up the whole deal instantly because the moment the deal went public, NBC looked so stupid and even NBC News was now risked. The only point of the whole thing was to keep the Immelts and the Zuckers and the Griffins and the Aleses from throwing us and our little island of liberal commentary out of that window at 30 Rock. But as Rachel Maddow and I would be constantly reminded in the ensuing years, 30 Rock has a lot of freaking windows. 
I've done all the damage I can do here. Help me out. Give this thing a good review or rating or a heart or a smiley emoji or whatever. Forward it to somebody. Here are the credits. The countdown theme from Beethoven's Ninth. Arranged, produced, and performed by countdown musical directors Brian Ray and John Philip Chanel. Guitars, bass, and drums by Brian Ray. All orchestration and keyboards by John Philip Chanel. Produced by TKO Brothers. Other Beethoven selections have been arranged and performed by No Horns Allowed. Our sports music, the Olbermann ESPN2 theme, was written by Mitch Warren Davis, and it appears courtesy of ESPN Inc. Musical comments by Nancy Faust, the best baseball stadium organist ever, and fittingly, our announcer today was Tony Kornheiser. Everything else was pretty much my fault. That's Countdown for this, the 630th day since Donald Trump's first attempted coup against the democratically elected government of the United States. Arrest him now while we still can. A new episode tomorrow. Till then, I'm Keith Olbermann. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and good luck. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.